This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hey, cheaters. Welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. It is Sunday, Easter Sunday here in the United States. I guess Easter everywhere, right? I don't know. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a Christian holiday. So you've, you've got mm-hmm. <laughs> certainly got pockets of Christianity all over the world. Uh, but FPL has risen, Josh. It is mm-hmm. back after yes. the uh, final international break of the season. Watching matches this weekend was... It's funny, like, you get really amped up, you're excited that the Premier League is back after a break, and then you remember, oh, right, the first weekend after an international break is always weird. Right, and a lot of rotation, and yeah. Yeah, and it plays havoc on fantasy, and right. there was, like, no better illustration of the weirdness of coming back from an international break than kicking things off with Chelsea West Brom, right. and West Brom pulling off some sort of insane 5-2 Victory. So right from the off, you're thinking, what does this FPL game week have in store for us? <laughs> and like flash forward to Sunday night when we're recording, we're kind of like hitting some sort of like, yep, bog standard average game week. Yeah, you and you, yeah. you and I both captaining Harry Kane. We yeah. have to feel super positive totally. um, going into the Monday fixtures. And it looks like I'm on a little green arrow for a little 20K rise. Yeah. Um, but but on the whole, I think we, we're going to have to really hash out what are the takeaways so far, because as yep. we're going to discuss in this pod, so many people hitting that wild card and trying to game the final stretch of the season. Yep. So this is a really wild card focused episode of the podcast, whether you're going to wild card in gaming 31, 32, 33 Maybe later, I don't know, 34, like maybe just don't even use it, Brandon. I, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. I don't know. I feel like I'll do <laughs> more harm than good playing my wild card right I know, now. and we saw that a little bit in Game Week 30, I think. I mean, I think yeah. of our, our, our friend, the general, who I think very intelligently and kind of boldly played it early and went triple Chelsea, which is something I had sort of advocated for you. I was like, hey, Brandon, maybe you want a wild card early and go <laughs> all in on Chelsea. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, just... First of all, the red card just is such a spanner in the works, right? I mean, they were up one yeah. nil 
um, fairly in control of that match. And it's a butterfly yeah, effect happening totally. with the Tiago Silver red card. Exactly, exactly. So I think it, it, you know, I don't think anyone who has Chelsea defenders should uh, feel like once that was over and like once the first goal was conceded, and then the second one was kind of like a shocker, right? It happened like a minute later. Yeah. And at that point, like the wheels are off, right? It's like yeah. everything. And there was this Rudiger situation too. Apparently there was some, you know, some controversy, a bust up with Kappa. Like, so Kappa just continues to wreak havoc <laughs> on everybody. He's going to sink that Chelsea ship if it's the Seriously. last thing he does. Yeah. Who's going to win? I mean, yeah. honestly, who's going to win um, with, with club management there between Kepa and Rudiger. Like obvi- yeah. obviously Rudiger is not the problem here. But he was the Rudiger was the one who didn't get to play. I mean, I guess Kepa didn't play either. But yeah, just just a strange, a strange game we call around. And yeah, I think you're right. I mean, as far as you know, both of us are doing, I mean, I ended up having, you know, a pretty, pretty good game week. I you know, the one transfer I made I brought in Sun, and that didn't work out, but that, you know. I, you know, it was a really weird game week for press conferences because Jose Mourinho was basically like, son is healthy and he'll be selected. So I was like, I didn't know that meant like selected for the bench. I thought that meant like he was going to start. That's just a signal to the kit man. All right, kit man, make sure we've got a a jersey with son's name on the back. I guess so. Yeah. And then and then Dean Smith uh, for weeks now has said that uh, Grealish is healthy and he's going to be starting this weekend. Yeah. And um, and then he says, oh, no, he had a little he pulled up a little bit in training yeah. yesterday. And I was actually like, he's like gangrenous all over his body right now. Yeah. He may never play football again, Josh. I feel like I didn't actually see him say this, but I feel like he had that WandaVision wink, you know, the uh, Catherine, uh, <laughs> Catherine <laughs> on. Yeah. The Catherine on <laughs> wink. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Grealish, probably, he's just not going to play again this season. Right. I feel like that's what we're looking at now. It's going to be every week. Dean Smith has set, says he's going to be back at every week. Um, you know, it's not going to happen. But, you know, both of us got a Watkins goal in the end. So we, we can't really yeah. complain right there. Um, sure. Yep. <laughs> and, El, you know, all, all the whole time though, we should have been on, on El Ghazi. Watkins is such a divisive character. He's a divisive character on this podcast. And then you, yeah. you seek out FPL chatter online and people are continually divided about Watkins and I think that goal is isn't going to help the conversation because it's just a classic okay that's the striker's job to be in the right place at the right time you can call it a poached goal if you want but that's that's the brief if you're Ollie Watkins to be there but so then you've got the people who are saying come on it's a tap in forget it but then the other people who are saying that's just Ollie Watkins playing his position correctly so I mean 11 goals now for him on the season I'd say that's a big win for Mr. Watkins yeah I mean the Grealish thing really has to get resolved though because I mean personally I the you know the transfer I have this week I'm very seriously considering dropping Watkins um for maybe for Danny Ings who plays West Brom this weekend um we could talk about that more a little bit later but you know in the end uh 59 points and um I'm feeling pretty good I'm actually up into the top 10k now I I'm at 70 it says my overall rank is 7700 but I think when you include auto subs I think I'm down to 8200 or thereabouts Mm -hmm. uh and so but you know officially into the top 10k uh, which is a really good feeling, especially because I still have a wild card and the triple captain to go. So um, I had sent out this post earlier this week about what our uh, goals are for the season, you know, like a realistic goal and a stretch goal, because yeah. I like to I like to pretend that I'm the HR department of, uh, of yeah, fantasy. Running a SWOT analysis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, I wanted to repeat backs from everybody once once I talked with them. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my my stated goal is 5K and then the stretch goal is 2K. 
So, um, you know, and when with, all, with only nine game weeks to go, everyone is obviously really big. So that, you know, I'm really happy about that. And you and I both have the same two players tomorrow. We have uh, Lingard and Cresswell. And I think that'll be a really interesting match, uh, West Ham Wolves. I think that could be really, I don't want to talk about too much because obviously by the time this pod comes out, people will, the match will be kicking off shortly yeah, thereafter. Right, but, right, right. Um, but I think that'll be really an interesting match. Yeah, definitely. I'm on 51 points right now. My transfer was bringing in Jesse Lingard, the the man that you just mentioned. So uh-huh. every everything to gain from this West Ham Wolves match, hopefully. And uh, Mendy in goal, uh, a zero pointer for him is probably like the biggest finger in the eye of the game week. But as mentioned, getting the captaincy with Harry Kane Yep. In that flurry of FPL points against Newcastle, you can't complain. For me, my Watkins this coming out of this game week is Patrick Bamford. And Bamford mm-hmm. looked diabolical against Sheffield United. And you could tell that um, that Bielsa was clearly wasn't happy with Bamford. And I, to be frank, Josh, haven't been happy with Bamford for quite a long time <laughs> now. And... <laughs> Um, I think I can stomach Watkins for for a few more weeks. Bamford is definitely on the chopping block, so maybe we can talk a little bit more about what I have in mind for him. For Watkins, is it just because he has the double to come? I mean, because I feel like Bamford is still – I mean, he had a goal and assist just last week in game week 29. Yeah. And these are the more attacking team, I feel like, too. I just think Bamford is the weaker link than Watkins, and I I hear you. He's got recent returns, but – just watching him over the last six weeks or so, I think despite of the returns, his form has been dipping, dipping, yeah. dipping. And he's had the dead leg issue and, and all of that. Right. And Watkins, while Villa have really struggled to score goals, and Watkins, as discussed, is divisive, I do not see that Watkins' form has dipped. He's still the same player. I don't think Bamford is the same. Watkins is the same player from six weeks ago. I do not think Bamford is the same player from six weeks ago. I feel like he's dipped and and he may be cash. And if you look at the next three fixtures for Leeds, it's really tough. So I feel like there's more upside to bring in somebody to replace Bamford as my weakest link as opposed to Watkins. Yeah, I think that's fair. And and Villa do have uh, West Brom in a couple of game weeks. So even if you weren't Thrilled about playing Watkins for Liverpool and Man City. You know, if you have other, you know, if you have enough squad depth where you can maybe bench him for the next two. Um, and and that Liverpool away match, I mean, who even knows, right? He scored a hat trick um, at home to Liverpool in game yeah. 31. Now they don't have Virgil van Dijk to kick around anymore. You know, they've got Kabak, <laughs> totally different story. So, yeah. uh, you know, we'll see. But all right. So that's, that's where we are on the game week. And um, I think we should get right into this wildcard talk because we've got a lot of different things to cover there. Um, and I think, you know, again, even if you're not wildcarding this week, I think the discussion will really be about squads and 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 how we sort of assess uh, where we are with Leicester, where we are with Liverpool, where we are with um, Chelsea, right? We've already talked about them a little bit. And then Spurs, ugh, like we have to talk about Spurs. I don't really want to either, but let's grit our teeth and get through it. Sure. Um, but a, a quick shout out to our all of our Patreon supporters. Thank you to everyone who supports the podcast on Patreon. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, and it's early in the month right now, which makes it a great time to do it. Mm-hmm. Try it for one month. If it doesn't work out for you, just cancel. We will never bother you about it again. Sure. Transfer in, transfer out. No problem. Exactly. So go to patreon.com slash always cheating. That's the no pressure uh, plea there. Uh, thank you to our new uh, patrons this week, uh, Dave Ziner and Simon Davidson. Uh, and as a reminder, you get an extra podcast each week. And I, I feel like I feel like Brandon, our, 
our Patreon podcasts have, have been as good, if not, <laughs> dare I say, better than yeah, the main feed. Yeah, podcasts yeah, yeah. Well, there's weeks. there's less pressure. You know, we don't have yeah. millions of people listening to us when we do our <laughs> Patreon podcast. Yeah. So we're maybe we're a little bit more our our true selves, for That's better true. or worse. We call them the kitchen table podcasts for a reason, right? There's an, there's an intimacy to those yeah. podcasts. You also get to chat with people on the Slack. You get the Week in Review newsletter, courtesy of Mini, Mini League Mate. At the higher tiers, you get uh, the Make Fantasy Fun Again t-shirt yes you, at any level you get a discount on all merch by the way hmm. so um go to patreon.com slash always cheating for that let's take a break we'll get back and talk game week 31 all right brian we're back first question is from joaquin a little table setting question here he says many people will play their second wild card now he says how would your ideal wild card look if you were to play it now and so before we even get to that what is your thinking right now? Um, I, I, actually, let me ask two questions because I think they're they're tied together. Uh, one is, what is your goal for this season? When I mentioned my goal earlier on, I, 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 I was I was rude, Brandon. I, I won't <laughs> lie, I was rude, and I didn't okay. ask you what your goal was. Your okay. realistic goal and your stretch goal, um, yeah. and uh, and then I, but because I, I think what your goal is for the season really defines when you play that wild card, right? If you're if you're two hundred and fifty k overall and your goal is top ten k, yeah, I guess you've got a wild card like right now, right? And just go with like all like crazy differential players and and hope that all your low ownership folks bang it, right? Yep, yep. My my goal is top one hundred k to get the a five digit rank, and I'm I'm. St- and I'm struggling to determine whether or not. So I'm around 250k right now. I'm trying to figure out if 100k is a is the achievable goal or the stretch goal, because yeah. you get into the final stretch in that echelon, and you're just you're. It's like the pile up of zombies in World War Z. You're just like climbing over other yeah. people, and the pile gets higher and higher yep. and higher. So I, I do think it's. It's really tough to uh, climb that much rank this late in the season, but that's the goal. My question, my my problem with planning the wild card right now is, if I were to play it tomorrow, or if I were to play it in game week thirty three, I just I don't know what it would look like, and that's maybe me being unimaginative, but I feel like we've been in a place for the last couple of months where there have been few surprises and the only surprises have kind have kind of been the failure failures of certain assets. Now, of course you can look at um, genuine surprises like Jesse Lingard and and West Ham generally. Mm -hmm. uh, And, and you could also say, well, you know, just apply yourself. And if you would have brought in Marcus Rashford, which was, didn't take a huge amount of imagination to envision Marcus Rashford being a decent asset. But I, I feel like it takes a certain amount of courage that I don't know that I have to just totally rejigger my team so that I can bring in the likes of of Rashford. So my feeling right now where I am is I'm I'm kind of going step by step. Diogo mm-hmm. Jota seems like a pretty easy move and one that could if he continues his form could help you climb rank. Do I need to wild card to bring in a low price asset like Jota? No, I don't. I can bring him in for Rafinha, and that's not an issue. So my goal and where the wild card helps me, I am totally unclear on that at the moment. That's really interesting. So, you know, because we talked about a little bit last week's podcast, I think you were a little up in the air 
about it. So I feel like we have sort of come in somewhere. Okay, let me ask you a question. I don't know if this is too meta of a question, but I, I'm going to ask it anyway. Do you think that um, if we didn't have this podcast, you would be more likely to wildcard? Like if, you know, there's there's something to be said for, you know, kind of having the top 100K, you know, there's a kind of like, you know, like there's a little bit of like content creator, like you want to sort of, you don't want to have, like I talked to last week about having this kind of dark stain, this really bad season from a few years ago and how much I hate that I have it there. You know, yeah. do you think that if, if you didn't have one, you might be a little more inclined to wildcard? Like, let's say like, you know, you weren't really care. You didn't really care about your overall rank. You were, you know, eighth place in your league and, um, and you want to get in the top three. Like maybe that's where the cash is in a cash league. Right. <laughs> yeah. Do you think maybe then you'd be a little more likely to, to take some risks and, and wildcard? I mean, maybe it's just not your personality. Right? I don't think it is my personality. I think yeah. that I am more the, uh, the benchmark person. You know, I I love the idea of in an old home, you've got that one doorway where there is a little pencil notch for each inch that you've grown. And I think that's wonderful because you can go back and look at it. And I find my game week history and it's 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 less that podcast listeners can go and look at my game week history because it's not going to blow anyone's hair back. It's not super impressive. But um for me, I just like to see consistent, okay, I grew this much right. that season, I grew this much that season. Uh, and yeah. it, it, I, we, I, I mean, don't tell yourself short, though, either. I mean, you have, you know, many good finishes. Like, it's not like, you know. Right, right. Yeah. And, like, the one, the one thing that has eluded me is a top 10K finish. Like, that would be my next ultimate goal. You know, you, you get that top 10K finish, and then you pursue the top – 1k finish so yeah i would love that to happen and you do have to stretch you have to go you have to do uncomfortable things sometimes to you have to do very bad things to get yourself (laughs) to that rank and clearly um the way the way i'm talking about my feeling about the run-in is sort of exposing why i can fall short of those benchmarks because i can be less courageous like I don't, yeah. I don't care for the like the dullard moniker because that that's yeah. sort of like a, I intend to be dull. No, you yeah. you kind of intend to be great always. Right. What you end up being is less courageous. I mean, I think part of it is, I mean, if you want to phrase it in a different way that doesn't end, get in these courage questions, which no, you know, no one wants to sound like they're not courageous, you know. But like, I mean, it's I think part of it is like if you're going to wild card and be really aggressive and make up a lot of ground, what what you have to be is really imbalanced. Right. I don't think like, you know, it's like if you wildcarded right now and you were going to be aggressive, you would have an imbalanced squat. Right. Like if I was wildcarding right now and I was trying to make up like 67 points or whatever. Right. I'd be like, all right, I'm going to triple up on Liverpool. Right. I'm going to have Mane, Salah and and Jota. You know, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to hope that they blow a bunch of teams out in the next few weeks. Uh, I'm going to bring in uh, two Wolves defenders. You know, I'm going to like whatever. Have I hear you? you know? So, it's so like, I'll just jump in and yeah. say I, I think that is in a clear approach, a clear aggressive approach to climb, and I feel like to do that you have to believe something. And the right. issue that I'm having in this specific moment in this specific season is mm-hmm. I don't believe anything. Mm-hmm. I look at Liverpool, and yeah, they had a really great result against Arsenal. I'm closer to believing that, yeah, maybe a Liverpool approach on a wild card would be something that could help you climb rank. But I'm still, this season has been really challenging in terms of just convincing yourself that you believe anything in terms of what team is going to consistently deliver anything apart from Ruben Diaz just out there cleaning 
teams for fun. So right. uh, um, I think that is when I when I will know it's time to wildcard. <laughs> I'm just going to wait for the wildcard to come find me. But I will know when it's time when I have when it's dawned on me that I actually believe something that either is unconventional or I just kind of believe is going to be true. Uh, that that I'm just sort of like waiting for that moment. I think the other issue with Game Week 31 is I find that Man City Leeds match to be like a little bit of a banana peel. Like I, I, I really think that's a, it's a hard one to prep for because, okay, so yeah, we did have some heavy rotation this week, but let's say did Kevin De Bruyne end up playing the full ninety? Um, on he was Saturday? subbed off when he basically the red mist descended, where Amarte was like just throwing like haymakers at him weirdly. And VAR <laughs> yeah. was like, that's fine. That's totally cool. Okay. And uh, KDB turned beat red and Pep uh, 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 got him off the pitch. Okay. So, but he, he effectively pay, played the full 90. I think right. it was maybe intended that he would. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah. So anyway, he was pu- he pulled late the match. He's almost certainly going to start at midweek, right? So he's at 180 yeah. minutes. I think there's at least a chance he doesn't play uh, this, this weekend. Right. I know. No, of course you can overthink this, but yeah. But with eight weeks to go on a wild card, you know, it's like all of these things were just like, ah, and the other, the other tricky thing here, and, you know, maybe we'll eventually get to some questions here, but I like where this conversation is going. So let's just keep, let's keep going. <laughs> Follow the this thread. Road keep for now. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing is um, they don't play in game week 33, right? Yeah. So we have this very funky situation right now where we yeah. have, uh, we have Tottenham uh, playing twice in game week 32, Right. And I think this is because of the League Cup final in their case, right? That's what mm-hmm. that's what's throwing things off here. So um so they don't play in Game Week 32 uh because the League Cup final is in Game Week 33. Uh and they play uh, Man City in that. Mm-hmm. So that that's like a whole other monkey wrench, too. Do they do they rest a uh you know their squad at all at midweek before that? Like need to win a <laughs> to cup play to point, play right? who? Jose is so clearly uh yeah. contemptuous of every single player on that team except for <laughs> Harry Kane. That's true. That's um, that's true. And Sun just got his rest. So those are the two. Yeah, right. I, I'm thinking now I might not get a defender though for that double game week. I I'm leaning more towards like a, a Lucas or something where it's just like screw it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. not Lamella. I'll tell you that much. Lamella has cost them five points good in the God. last good God. Yeah, guy. Like, um, I, I just love that conversation. I don't know if you caught it on second captains where there was this long running, uh, was Lamella's Rabona and the North London Derby good or not good. And Ken early on that podcast makes this point of that skill, the Rabona that Lamella had, you can only do something like that. If you repeat it over and over and over right. again, right. which is in, an incredible feat. But then you're like, wait, roll that tape back. So when Spurs is practicing, Lamella is just off on the corner, just practicing Rabonas. And this is why he is, yeah. has, has not had a career. <laughs> I mean, the way he led that three on one fast break. I mean, oh yeah. He had no me, idea what was going on. He had a moment, he came right out and he like skinned Paul Dummett on the, on the right, on the right flank. And it's very hard to skin Dummett, you know, cause he's, he's <laughs> a, one of he's okay, an elite I, player. I'm not saying, you know, it wasn't like, a, you know, <laughs> Andrew Robertson or whatever, but like, it was still like a good, he put on a good move and I was like, okay, like maybe he's like mm-hmm. atoning for the red card. You cocked then, an eyebrow at that moment. Yeah, exactly. And then, oh, so that was comedy. Uh, him, him, <laughs> him, him messing up that three on one. And yeah. then of course the equalizing like seconds later, this is like how, it, this is just like the poetic joke justice of sports right you yeah. knew that was gonna yeah, happen yeah, yeah. right and then so they bring on gareth bale he, oh, for, for, for a free kick he does all the cool gareth bale stuff uh-huh. right he's like yeah. uh 
looking off into the middle distance. Yeah, sure. You know, he holds up sure a sign that says, don't touch my hair. Yeah, exactly. Make, make sure everything looks perfect. Like, does like the finger in the air to like test the wind. You <laughs> like know? he's Babe Ruth. <laughs> like Babe Ruth. And then he just walks up and he just casually Balloons boots the ball like 300 <laughs> feet over goal. Cool. <laughs> like the ball, ball's still not come down to air, to the ground. Um, and it, he was just like, let's just get this match over with. I don't yeah. care. You don't care. Let's. It was just so, it was so insulting. Uh, I, Did I mean, he break the like, fourth wall after it like he he looked into the camera and said hey listen you might be asking yourself how i found myself here i know it was really he might he might as well have so so this is the other this is the other problem with this is honestly the problem with any wild card um although i i will say i am personally leaning towards a game week 33 wild card yeah. right now i yeah. think that makes the most sense um, and the reason that I, I worry about a game week 31 wild card is that let's say you bring in, I mean, Man City play Leeds, right? If there's any way to do it, you want to have three Man City players for that Leeds match, right? That just seems like a, an optimal situation. Um, because, I mean, Leeds are, Leeds are a talented team, but like they're also liable to concede five to anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Even let alone a really talented squad like Man City. Yeah. So you'd want, you know, you want three of their players, um, you know, I think there's, I mean, you know, Spurs, you want, you really want to have three Spurs, right? Because they have this double in gaming 32 and, you know, maybe you could have two right now and add a third before gaming 32. But I, I think, you know, I mean, Everton and Southampton, like they're not horrible fixtures, but I think at this point in the season, it's such an easy double game week to play for, to plan for, right? Mm-hmm. Like most of us already have two players anyways, or, or at least one in, in Kane. So it's like, just get a third. It's just more fun. You know, yeah. like, I'm not going to go to a, the only double, the only team that has a double game week and not have a third player. I'm just going to find a way to make it happen, you know? Yep. Um, so, so you want to have those three, right? So, okay, now you suddenly have six players who don't play in game week 33. Right. It's like immediately like, what are you yeah. going to field nine players? You know? Yeah. So this like, is why yeah. I think maybe 34 is the better week to wild card because 33, it's like we've already had yeah. the the big blank of the season. And a lot of the right. talk heading into that big blank was dead end your team into this blank game week. Yeah. And Manchester City being among the most important teams. And I mean, you could talk yeah. about you know, rotation is going to be heavy once they clinch the title, yeah. Champions League, et cetera, et cetera. I'm still going to have... I still actually want De Bruyne for yeah. the run-in. Yeah. And I think my goal between now and game week 33 is to probably build up my Liverpool ownership. And then come right. game week 34, maybe that's the moment where I want to pivot to teams like Arsenal yeah. and shed all my Aston Villa assets and things like that. Because those blanks uh, yeah. in 33 could be trouble in wildcard planning. It's tricky because that Villa double um, is still coming, right? They still have a match against Everton. I mean, so it, as do Everton, right? They, they, those those yeah. squads have matches that have to get made up, a match that have to, has to get made up at some point. Yeah. It'd be great if we knew when that was, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, I mean, I think the appeal of the 33 for me is that I, I wouldn't have – I could kind of dead end – uh, into game week 33, like my game week 31 and 32 transfers wouldn't have to be uh, built around that blank, right? Yeah. So if that if that's the case, I could bring in Danny Yanks for game week 30 run, right? He doesn't play in 33, so that kind of creates a problem if I make that transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, I could, or I could bring in an extra Man City player, um, you know, and if I, because the, the issue for me is that let's say, even if I, even if all I do is not bring in a Man City player, um, and just have the two that I have right now. I have Diaz and, and um, Gunawan. If I just have the two Man City players and um, and I have the three Spurs going mm-hmm. into Game Week 33, then I 
I'm not going to have enough play. Like, I, I think, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to have five players, right. Who are, yeah. so either like, you know, I, I know I keep three in the bench, but like suddenly I'm like, I'm burning like a minus four or maybe a minus eight, like a minus four. And that's assuming that like everyone else has like a decent match and is healthy for 33. Right. Yeah. So I'm just like, God, like, why am I doing this to myself? You know, it's yeah. like, why don't I just, why don't I just leave, you know, Kane and in two man and two man city players in the bench in 33 and then just build like a bunch of have like a bunch of Liverpool players and stuff like that you know yeah. just like kind of just the way around that know. is just don't get three Spurs players for their double on 32 well that is the other way around it and maybe that honestly is the way to go I mean I know I just argued <laughs> the other way but I mean I, okay so yeah I'm just like a total like I don't believe the strength of my own convictions or something but like I know I know as a human being Brandon uh-huh. there's no way I won't have three Spurs players uh-huh. for game week 32 so I can't even come on this podcast yeah. and say that I won't do it because of uh-huh. course I will I look, have no I choice I look forward to the Aurier bandwagon that builds for 32 <laughs> is he even playing Did he play well today? so uh, Aurier and Aurier and all the while they reported back to first team training and there wasn't enough time for covid protocol for them Uh, to make the starting 11 so they're fit and they're training it was just a covid issue of why they weren't eligible for the newcastle match okay well i'm going to scrap some of the questions that we had here because i think that um you know we could spend two hours on this wildcard talk but i think i think i think it was important to get into the uh the the philosophy of, of yeah. wildcarding, yeah. uh, you know, and when all the things you've got to think about in order to nail it, because again, eight weeks left in the season, like you want to nail this. Right. And, yeah. and also just again, to go back to the game, the idea of a, a later, like a game week 33 wildcard, you know, it's just like, I don't want to make suboptimal transfers in 31 and 32 just to protect myself in 33. You know, like it's, I, I just don't love that as a, uh-huh. as a, uh, as an approach, you know, it just seems like I'm, I'm, ba- I'm basically, not optimizing two of the final eight game weeks of the season, you know, in order to, I don't even really know, like, you know, just sort of have like, hold on to three man city players for the stretch run or something, you know? So, um, anyway, so that's, that's sort of where my thinking is right now. Um, Rishi has, uh, FPL raccoon has a, um, a bunch of questions. I, I, I called them a lightning round of wildcard questions because I loved the way that they all kind of he just addressed a bunch of different questions that you and I would have had to research and come up with ourselves. So, <laughs> okay. um, so let's, let's, I'm going to, we will alternate. Okay. I'll uh-huh. do one, three and five and you can do two and four. Okay. Okay. So, uh, we'll just, all, let's, let's just each answer them in like 15 seconds or less. Okay. Yep. Do you buy and or keep Luke Shaw? You do not buy Luke Shaw, but you keep Luke Shaw. So Manchester United have Spurs in game week 31, Good match, bad match, kind of a fun match. You tell me. But after that, it's Burnley leads. So I think Luke Shaw, if you have him, the prospects are good enough to hold on until maybe you rethink him when you do ultimately trigger your wild card. But buying him, I just don't trust that Manchester United defense at all. As good a form as Luke Shaw is in and as seemingly like it's almost like today. It's it's like an indictment against Manchester United, how reliant they have become. Um, Luke Shaw actually um, getting crosses into the box. Now, obviously, that is one way to play the match. But with all that talent, somehow, you know, uh, buzz cut beef boy Luke Shaw is 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 yeah. the Mark, Mark Albrighton of Manchester United. That's exactly it's, the analogy I was thinking of. It's yep. very, it's very odd. But otherwise, yeah, exactly. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. So, yeah, he's a keep. He's a keep, but don't buy for me. 
Yeah, I, it's like a yeah. I think I'm with you there. I mean, I don't know. Just give me like Stewart Dallas, and I'll just bench him when they have the really bad <laughs> matches. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, yeah right. he could have like two goals yesterday. Next question is for you, Josh. Gamble on Arsenal versus Sheffield United. So Arsenal, yeah. you know, we <clears> talked <throat> a lot about them last week about how they just have an incredible run of fixtures yeah. uh, to finish the season. But uh, you watch that Liverpool Arsenal highlights package, <laughs> and there isn't a uh, single second devoted to Arsenal. So yeah. they totally reset the clock. And can so do you trust Arsenal at all, Josh? No, I, I don't know. And I, I hate it because I, I they made me look bad, Brandon. Okay, <laughs> we we went in here and we talked about their their heart that that how they were the unsung team of game week twenty nine and that that West Ham comeback. Uh, and then they just, uh, they stunk it up. So, I mean, I, I think what that tells us is that they are, I don't know whether to assess whether they're good or bad, but they are very unpredictable. Yeah. And I don't like to have unpredictable players from unpredictable teams. There will be weeks, game weeks in which it seemed obvious that Lacazette should have been in your team. And then there will be weeks where it's obvious that they're a joke team and you should not invest in them. So, and good luck (laughs) figuring out which week is which before it happens. Yeah. Um, Okay, so the next question is, do we keep Everton or Villa assets or sell and rebuy when the double game week is announced? We, we did touch on this just briefly a second ago, but I, I think it's an interesting and, and difficult question. It is. So I still have Lucas Dean and have Watkins in target. I, uh, I, I just cannot believe we're coming out of game week 30 and I have not owned Emmy Martinez for a single game week this season. It's just it's a complete disaster class. Um, so the way I'm thinking about Villa and Everton is I will keep them unless there is an obvious player that I want instead. I am not going to intentionally ditch Everton and Villa players just because I don't want them. If there is a better option, sure, come on in. Um, but I have no problems benching the likes of Watkins or Target or Dean. I benched Dean this week and they have Crystal Palace because I, I don't love that Everton defense, all things considered. So it's kind of a, that that might be a bit of a hedge of an answer, but I'm just like, if you have bigger fires to put out, which you probably do do that. Yeah. I think if you're wild card in 31, it it is a tricky question because uh, they don't have great fixtures kind of in the, in the near future, right? I mean, Villa in particular, right? Um, But they have a, pretty decent stretch i mean i don't know it's okay i mean they you know they west brom 33 everton which i think is okay in 34 uh palace in 35 i'd certainly start martinez for all of those you know what's interesting actually is just looking ahead here brandon matt target i mean i only see maybe two matches in the final eight where i'd actually want to start him so that, mm-hmm. that's kind of interesting yeah yeah there is an opportunity to bring in some fresh blood for sure and i think kind of what yeah. i'm saying is, is who is that fresh blood yeah i wish we knew when that double was you know it's, yeah. it sounds like it might be 35 or 36 yeah if right. we found it early enough then it'd be fairly easy to yeah. um you know but emmy martinez is not going to go anywhere like even if it's just sentimental he's going on my bench like <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm not gonna drop this guy. well i mean he's just like 4.5 you know? save so, save points are yeah. his meat and drink so yeah, you know yeah. you're not i mean you're you're starting goalkeeper du jour edward mendy and getting a big yeah. round zero and yeah. martinez just goes out there and he's it's catching practice for him every match I find, and i find it difficult to answer the everton question until that match tomorrow right i want to see fairly easy match i mean you know i don't know like 
I, it feels like a match where they should win, right? There should be like a two nil Everton win, but we've also seen them get like lit up at home a couple yeah. of times, right? The, the uh, Fulham match, um, yeah. you know, stands out. So let's, let's, let's see where we are. Maybe we'll talk about that a little more later this week. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so Martinez out, I think we both kind of feel like, no, I mean, I, I, I think there's an argument for doubling, like to have, for having two, two goalkeepers, but yeah. I mean, Martinez is going to have a double game week sometime soon. And like you said, save machine, even today, right? They can see the goal. He still ends up with four points, right? Yeah, so, right. Um, yeah, he's not going anywhere. Yes. Do we bother with City? This is the last question from Rishi. Do we bother with City? We we talked about the difficulty of getting City assets in right now, considering the blank that they have in 33, and they have two big Champions League matches against Borussia Dortmund. If you look at the schedule, City uh, host Dortmund this Tuesday. Yep. And then they go away to Dortmund Wednesday the 14th. So, it, you know, it's the rotation headache, et cetera, et cetera. I think we kind of do know the nailed players, Diaz being one of them. Right. The The way to clarify this for FPL managers is how likely are you to have a, tr- a have triple city in the next couple of weeks, Josh? I think it's a really difficult question. I could see myself bringing in a city player this week. Um, I, I really would love to have three players for that Leeds match. Um, I could see myself just going with two kind of like indefinitely, you know, um, just like th- just down the stretch, like maybe not, maybe, okay. They have like, they have like Newcastle and Brighton, Everton down the stretch. Like I probably would have three for like the final three matches of the season, but, um, I don't know. I mean, I think you have to have at least two because it just goes back to that, um, you know, Fabio Borges, the, um, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, sort of, we know him because he's, he was at the top of the uh, Always Gene Super League for, for many years. Yeah. And, um, and I think he's having a good season again this year. Um, now he's become, you know, now he's part of the fantasy football scout network and has really has become kind of, um, a renowned manager, but be good at fantasy kids and you'll have a whole new career. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, but he, uh, wrote something, I guess, I can't remember it was last season or this season or or whatever. It might've been from the, from Joe's meet the manager series on scout, but, um, you know, he just has this theory that you just you just have to have players from really good teams, and that you just, um, you know, he said, I, you know, it's, I think he said to me like it's been years since I captained anybody in the bottom half of the table, <laughs> um, you know, and I just in general he just really values, and you know, it was honestly it was that idea that led me to start Diaz this week, right? Just this thought of like, well, I don't know, like they're the best team, 
you know? So I'm just going to start the defender from the best team. And it's like, I don't care who they're playing. So I think you can get it just right with, with a move. Maybe you bring in Arsenal and it works out perfectly, but again, Arsenal are unpredictable, right? Uh, Man City are, have, have their rotation is unpredictable, but as a team, they're predictable. So I think as long as you have some, some bench depth, I think that you should just have at least two, if not three Man City players and just, and just, mentally kind of be ready for the rotation that's going to happen. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Maybe your fantasy team is distracting you from other important parts of your life. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in less than 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, expertise that may not be locally available in many areas. And BetterHelp is worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor, and you'll get timely, thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room again. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, and they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit BetterHelp.com cheating. That's BetterHelp. And join the more than 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. And here's a special offer for Always Cheating listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash cheating. All right, Josh, let's let's step away from Rishi's lightning round and move into some team specific wildcard talk. And Leicester is certainly a team where another one of those teams where they have good vibes. You feel good about them. They have certain players who are in form. Inianacho is one that, you know, we we could discuss. They factor into the wildcard conversation. FPL Tips wants to know which Leicester attacker would you go for on a wildcard? And uh, we've got Vardy, who's an option. He's but he's he's only scored one goal since game week fourteen. Right, Iannaccio, uh, He was in red hot form going into the international break. Coming out of the international break, he didn't do much for Nigeria, and he had one really decent dribble against the City defense, where he he kind of tried to unlock the defense. But beyond that, was fairly quiet. Now I don't think that that's the match that you know Iannaccio's rest of the season should be gauged by but he's he's a bit of a worry uh you've got madison where clearly when madison came on the pitch he looked great and i think the latter half of the season has been so good for madison where you just and i'm almost relieved because Grealish kind of emerged as an actual superstar at the start of the season and madison um was just receding and I feel I feel like more or less he's risen to the challenge that that Grealish has issued, and he's looked really good when he has 
been fit and on the pitch. So yeah. would you go so far as to consider Madison an FPL option? And then uh, yeah. just looking at the fixtures, are these fixtures for Leicester good enough to just uh, definitely have them? And so they have West Ham in game week 31, followed by a really excellent run. Game week 32 to 36, they host West Brom and Crystal Palace away to Southampton, and then they host Newcastle before their final three matches, which are kind of yeah. difficult, United, Chelsea, and Spurs. So it's one of those, it's like Chelsea who, like, their better fixtures for the run-in are in the first half of this section. So it, it feels a little more urgent with Leicester. If you're going to buy into Leicester, you need to be doing it sooner rather than later. So where are you at with these boys? Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I mean, I, I sort of was going into this conversation thinking that I was going to be kind of a little dismissive. And now I'm sort of, it's like I can see an argument for it, right? Like I, I, you have to kind of put the put the um, uh, the Man City match just off to the side, right? Man City are, are just too good right now. They're just, having a, you know, they're really, they've been great, mm-hmm. kind of unstoppable since, I don't know, December. Um so that aside, I mean, they've, they've been really strong. I mean, they, you know, it's sort of forgotten because it wasn't in the Premier League, but, they, you know, they really took it to, um, uh, to Man United in the FA Cup, right, in the FA Cup quarterfinals. And, and that was without uh, Madison or, uh, or Barnes, for that matter, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just – so, I mean, and Vardy is kind of interesting, right? It's like he hasn't scored since, you know, what was it, one goal since game week 14? Yeah. Yet he had three assists last game week, which is just kind of weird. He's trying right? to embrace yeah. his inner Harry Kane where he's yeah. just going to drop a little he, – yeah. he can't he can't run as as well as he used to, those, those dead sprints, so he's just going to yeah. try and play his teammates in. Well, it's genuinely shocking to see that he has 12 goals and 12 assists in the season. Yeah. Did you know that? I didn't know he was even on goals and assists in the season. That's crazy. That is wild. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to remember. Like, did, was it? Did he score ten against Southampton again this season? I don't know. No, I mean he had three. It was actually it was the way to Man City. That was all oh, right. Yeah, three yeah. And that right. one. So yeah, I mean, I think I don't know. Like that to me seems like a real great. Like we're talking about like punts. Like you know, go for it. I mean, maybe not. I, I think gaming thirty one is a little tricky. Um, but now I like you're sort of turning my head a little bit, Brandon, about this, about you're turning my head a lot of ways. My God. And my head's just turning like a Vardy like, did actually, he did actually score against Liverpool, um, in game week 24, but I think right. that the goals are just, okay. So your head's turned a little bit. Well, I'm just thinking in game week 32, right? Like I could see, uh, being very tempted to bring in, um, a uh you know a spurs player right just picks pick one pick a lucas or whatever mm-hmm. or you just bring in jamie vardy you know who plays west brom at home and maybe you just yeah. uh you just do that instead and that does seem a little more appealing like but i'd rather have lucas for everson away at home to southampton no way. or yeah no way. or would i rather have jamie vardy at home to west brom uh, it's also the last match of that game week. So if, if you're if you're one of those managers, and I, I kind of <laughs> secretly am, there's something fun about having um, a really good player in the last match of a game week. It's just sort of um, adds a little spice, you know, to the whole week. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think I see it. I mean, I guess if I was to pick anybody, I would just pick Vardy, even though I know he's the most expensive option because um, he's just he's just quality, and they you know they're they're trying to actually hold on to the Champions League spot this year, right? They mm-hmm. they're conscious that they blew it last year. I mean, the, the way that they rolled uh, um, Sheffield United a couple weeks ago, I think, should make us feel better about their ability to play bad teams at home, too, right? Because they had a couple of yeah. weird home losses earlier this season. So anyway, that's that's where I am. What do you think? 
I'm going to throw a curveball at you, and I'm going to say, forget Nacho, forget Vardy. Johnny Evans is your Ooh. is your man. Because I think, um, you know, the days of Justin are just a fond memory now, but I think Lester's defense has been yeah. solid throughout a lot of adverse, adversity and a lot of injury yeah. this season. And Johnny <laughs> Evans has been fantastic. He has had this a great just- season. I agree. It's, it's just it's so perfectly you, right? As far as this whole conversation's gone, you're like yeah. steady as she goes. Six yeah. points a game week. Let's go it's for like, it. Yeah, let's let's not do. You're like the like it's like the Warren Buffett. Like let's just do the mutual funds, guys. Come on, you know. It's like this range. Yeah, low guys. risk, uh, steady interest rate. That, <laughs> totally, that, that it's gonna it's gonna good. pan out over over six or eight game weeks. Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, Madison. I guess I'm just. I mean, like it's fine. Like I, I'm sort of on record as. I'm probably not um, – I should be more impressed or respectful of what he's done this season. I'm just not a huge fan. He's like a little too flash for me or it's like he's got like a little bit like – like he, like I don't know. It's like a little like he look he looked really good in a match and then you're like, okay. Like it's, like, it's like the Lamella thing you were talking about earlier where it's like, okay, why can't he do this all the time? Yeah. You know, it's like a little – it feels like he kind of turns it on. Yeah, yeah. That, that That's fair enough. So, yeah, I think – there is a balance to be had there between attack and defense for for Lester, but Leeds. What about Leeds, a team that has been a perennial favorite for FPL managers? But looking at the run-in, Leeds have some tough matches. What kind of decisions do you have to make with these guys when you've got a lot of other assets vying for your attention? Andrew yeah. Searles asks Leeds. They have three rough games before swinging back for an easy finish. If you're selling. Who's coming in? So let's look at Leeds' next three matches. It's away City, home Liverpool, home Manchester United, and then the run-in is actually quite nice. Brighton, Spurs, Burnley, Southampton, and finishing with a home match against mm-hmm. West Brom in game week 38. That is a uh, Rafinha triple captaincy. Oh, totally. <laughs> right the, the, pa- the Pablo Hernandez farewell match, too. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're going to have Aguero, Pablo Hernandez. It's an all-retirement party Premier League team. <laughs> so it, that run-in really does make it tricky for me because if I – okay, so I've got the standard template – leads triple up with Bamford, Rafinha, and Dallas. Of all the players that I feel are going to be the most consistent from here on out, Rafinha has just looked the best and the steadiest over the last couple of months. Yep. And the easiest move for me looking into game week 31 is Rafinha out for Diogo Jota. And I mean, I'm, I'm really talking myself into that move. But the problem is if I were to have any leads player on a wild card, uh, it would be Rafinha because yeah. I, I do think Bamford has run out of gas here, and Leeds Rafinha I mean, clearly has not. I'm sorry, I said Rafinha clearly has no, not. No, no, right? he's not. Yeah. He's not. Yeah. He's he's yeah. he's telling his own story, which you love to see that from an yeah. FPL perspective. From Hamilton <laughs> to, to Rafinha, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So if you were to play your wild card today, Josh, like just hypothetically going into 31, yeah. would you have any Leeds players? You know, I would still have Rafinha. I, I have to say, I, I, he's just incredible value. I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's easy for me to say because I'm not wild carding. I mean, maybe I would talk myself into Jota, just like you're saying. But I, first of all, I don't see the Liverpool and Man United home matches as bad matches for him, right? So I, I feel like we're basically looking at one bad match, right? Mm-hmm. Away to Man City. 
and actually, I'm actually I'm planning to start him uh, in Game Week 31. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, yeah. So one bad match, and then and then Liverpool and United, but they're both home matches. They've been really str- strong at home all season. Um, Brighton, in fact, maybe the trickiest match of the next outside of the Man City match. Um, you know, I, I just sort of favor them in all these home matches. And Man United, we we're already been talking about like it's not. I, I would expect Leeds to score in that one, and. Um, and then Spurs, Burnley, Southampton, West Brom. I mean, I just think, you know, it's like 5.5 million, maybe it's up to 6 million now. Um, just getting attacking returns in like every single match, you know, it just, you know, it's a little bit like Jesse Lingard where you're like, well, I know I could turn Lingard into KDB or whatever, but like, why am I going to do that? You know, like, like why am I going to like take out a player who's getting returns in every match, um, for another player who might be able to do the same, but for 5 million more. And so I think that that's, um, that's kind of where I'm with Rafinha. I'm just like, well, surely there's some other spot where my money would be better spent than, than dropping Rafinha. I think the, uh, what Andrew's getting at here is if you sell your Leeds assets, who's coming in leads us into okay. Liverpool talk because the question from Boston prof is if you back the Liverpool defense train now, e.g. Yep. Trent or Phillips, um, who do you get, or is it a mirage? And Stuart Dallas is a guy we both have who we haven't talked about, and yep. he's emblematic of the value that you get from Leeds. Like play him, don't yeah. play him. You know, it just makes so much sense for your team value to have him. But Stuart Dallas is definitely somebody who I would consider dropping in favor of a Liverpool defense. But the way I see this Liverpool conversation going is. Uh, there are no half measures here. You either go for Trent or Robertson, most likely in this case, just based on the performance against Arsenal. Trent plays against Arsenal like somebody who definitely read all of the comments from Gareth Southgate going into the international break of <laughs> yeah, you're the best right back totally. in the world, but yeah. not right now, boss. Yeah. So and 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 his cross to Jota for that goal was just like it was a it was a work of art. It was great, yeah, as as we have come to expect from him. So I, you know, good vibes surrounding Trent. So then I can't turn Stuart Dallas into somebody as expensive with Trent. That requires some surgery. So Stuart Dallas may escape there. Yeah. But as I, I guess what I'm telling you, Josh, is Trent has got my attention. I'm listening. He's yeah. talking. I'm listening. Yeah. And, and Robbo, too. Right. I mean, yeah. Robbo's still a little cheaper than Trent. And at this point, the ownership, there was there was a time uh, and this actually was, you know, around the time when I brought in Trent, where uh, it made a lot of sense to to go for him. Uh, if you know, if you if you didn't have either one because his ownership was like 45 percent lower uh, and now like kind of nobody owns either one of these guys. So yeah. I think either one, I think, is a good pick. I like the idea of Trent, too, just because um, we know how good he is. Right. I mean, there's a reason he started the season at his kind of absurdly high price. So if he has finds that form, like you said, I mean, you know, playing for euros now. Right. So maybe, yeah. um, you know, so, yeah, I, th- I think that those those are both viable picks. I mean, I it was impressive. I mean, they, they now have what two clean sheets and two, right? I mean, that, that Wolves match feels like it was a very, very long time ago, but um, now Brennan, th- the question is, you know, they're able to do it on the road. Can they do it at Anfield? Okay. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're famously terrible at Anfield. It's so <laughs> weird. I mean, this season, right? They've lost to everybody at Anfield. It's yeah. Yeah. Crazy. It is wild, but it, it is all about the fullbacks, right? Like Kabak, right. Phillips, it, you, you just, you can't fall into that trap. And that is yeah. a quintessential fantasy trap of, do you think you're just going to um, get away with it by getting this cheap, 
yeah. player who you think is nailed on, but that's just not where it's at. That's not, yeah. I guess it's, it's less, that's not where it's at. It's more, that's not the point of going to Liverpool defense, yeah. particularly if you're looking to climb. Yeah. And you just don't need them. I, I don't think this is like a season where every cent counts so much, right? Cause there's so many good cheap players. So, uh, I actually do like Phillips. Like this is a player. I like him. Um, you know, so, but yeah, like you said, I mean, just like, just go Rabo or, or, or Trent, um, just because, you know, you're just going to get so much more uh, from an attacking perspective. Yeah. Um, I mean, the one thing yeah. you could say about Nat Phillips is the fact that he is 4.0 and he's, you know, got three starts in a row. So if you are wild carding, I don't see Liverpool as a team where everyone's going to be tr- like, it doesn't feel important that you triple up. So, yeah, if you if you want to fill out your bench with nat phillips i don't think that that's insane no i i i agree i don't think it's insane it could really come in handy uh down the stretch mm-hmm. uh yeah in fact i i think well that's kind of interesting i don't know it's really tricky because like those Stuart dallas type players are still really tempting you know or it's like mm-hmm. you know especially if you bought them cheap it's like eh, just like toss them on your bench you know just you can you use them right. eventually um so yeah and then and salah i mean i think we're both on the same page here but if on a wild card i still wouldn't be bringing in salah Jota is just so much the key that unlocks yeah. everything there. The evidence yeah. is in yeah. it. And there are so many other expensive temptations out there. And maybe it's less that there are so many like expensive premium players that you want that you don't need Sala. It's that there is opportunity to spread all that money, like all over your team. Like there are so many opportunities yeah. like Johnny Evans it was easy for me to shout out Johnny Evans in the Lester talk. You know, it should be said that Johnny Evans is 5.5, which is kind of quite expensive for the proposition there. Right. So if if having Jota over Sala means you could actually have a piece of Johnny Evans, I mean, just play this back for me in a couple of weeks and uh, see how idiotic I sound. But <laughs> that's kind of my point. That's my point. Yeah. yeah I, the only thing I guess that would be in Sala's favor, I mean, one, again, if you're making up ground – I would try. I'd probably try to find a way to get Salah. Maybe I just have like no expensive forwards or something. Um, you know, you just got like really, really midfield heavy. I think that because the the argument for Salah and I would have Salah and Jota would be um, that Salah. I mean, this is like dumb psychology, maybe, but it's just this idea that he and Kane are going to be dueling for the triple um, or for the golden boot. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're both Salah, on eighteen right now. Yeah, Kane's actually on nineteen because the, oh, right. the brace yeah, took him course. took him one up. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, nineteen versus eighteen, um, and I think that they're both going to be, you know, like they're, they're both the kind of people who will stop at nothing, right, to to win that thing. Wonderful, selfish, uh, self-aggrandizing <laughs> people. Yes. We love it. We love it in fantasy. Yeah. All right, uh, a couple more questions here. Uh, two questions, I think. Well, a question about Spurs and then two about Chelsea. Um, Chin Nation says, with Spurs defense looking inconsistent. Uh, or defense, Brandon, if you will. Sure. Is it even worth planning to have Lloris or Reggion for double game week 32? I know we've already talked about Spurs a lot, but yeah. surely Reggion deserves um, a thought. I guess. I mean, I think Spurs defense is garbage. So, you know, that's that's all they I really have to say about did it. Did not acquit themselves. Lloris had a couple, Lloris had a, a couple amazing saves today. He did. And yeah, the one where Dwight Gale um should have put that rebound in. The the spur, initial save was fantastic. Yeah. And Lloris really got his bearings quite quick yeah. and I will give him credit for that, but Yeah. The whole season Spurs defense has just been a huge disappointment. 
Yeah, it's it's true. I mean, yeah, you try to bring in a Spurs defender and it just seems to hurt you again and again and again. And yeah, I mean, even just looking back, I mean, Rekian's battled some injuries this season, um, got hooked in the 56th minute just a couple of weeks ago. That, he didn't leave an injury, I don't think, in that case. I think he just was just taken off, right? I mean, Jose just hates every every one of his players. I I I, I can't know. keep track of what was a spiteful substitution versus a tactical versus a hamstring. I can't keep yeah. track anymore. Yeah. Um, all right. So yeah, neither of us are feeling very enthusiastic about these Spurs defense. I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I Rodon really... Rodon actually looked kind of awesome against Newcastle, all things considered. But yeah, um, you know, there we go. Rodon is the new Nat Phillips. I also don't think those fixtures are great. I mean, Southampton are a team that can. I mean, they scored three today. Like Southampton are a team that can score on a on a on a mediocre defense pretty easily. And Everton away. I mean, that's just not a that's just straight up not a good fixture for the. Spurs defense. So, no, yeah, no, not at all. All right, final topic. A uh, little undercovered, I think. Actually, um, we talked about them right at the start of the pod, but haven't since. And that's Chelsea. Uh, Stian says, "Vern." This is, this is more just like a fun question. Then I have a more serious <laughs> one to that. Uh, Stian says, "Werner, he seems broken to the core. No, that passed him out to me as a sign of pure fear of failure." So there was this report, right, that Thomas Tuchel was talking about Werner, and he said to in train. Werner says in training, "Boss, I want to work on my finishing right now." And and Tuchel was like, "No, your finishing. It's like dating a woman. Like if she wants to sleep with you, she'll sleep with you. Just let it happen." Um, oh my god! I yeah. didn't hear that. Um, and <laughs> the fact that Tuchel is coming out with this type of story in the press is kind I'm not of even sure if that's good advice or not. I mean, I guess it's <laughs> I don't know. Is like is but, that like good? I don't even know. Okay, let's not even dull. I, forget I said anything. But like the lead there is Werner has no confidence to the point right. where he's asking his manager, "What can I do about this?" Yeah. So and and also the whole uh, substitution issue that happened at halftime where. Werner was actually in the dressing room thinking he was not going to come on for the second half. And then Pulisic doesn't feel something. It Something doesn't feel right when he comes onto the pitch at halftime. <laughs> that he doesn't feel something. Yeah. He's halftime. He's like, I'm sorry. I just I don't, yeah. I don't enjoy this game. I feel nothing. Pulisic uh, came off because of ennui. But so <laughs> it, it was like so many mixed messages uh, yeah. from everyone going in through out of and into Timo Werner. I agree, Stian. He is broken to the core and, he will go down in the history of this particular season as the biggest disappointing dis- disappointment. And I yeah. hope, I mean, the player is obviously there. The talent is there. Sure. I hope that he bounces back and doesn't end up like, uh, you know, uh, a, a soldado or something like that. No. And, and, and he tries hard. Like it's very clear that he's trying hard. And so I feel like that's, that's, um, you know, it's it's easy to root for him a little bit, but yeah, I certainly would bring him to my fantasy team. I've also decided that I think that Tuchel advice is progressive, and so I think it's good. Okay, and I'm All going right. to yeah, but I need to think this one through. I'm going to talk it over with uh, <laughs> with a team of doctors and okay. see uh, where yeah, we yeah, all yeah. come down in it. Um, okay. The final question: We got to get Doctor Ruth on the podcast to talk us through. <laughs> the final question here comes from Bread. And he says, or she, a, a I'm not great, sure. a great bakery product just became a great listener of always cheating exactly. with Chelsea's humbling defeat to West Brom leading to Silva being suspended and news of a tree. Actually, the Silva suspension is a low key 
a bad thing as well. I know it's only one. Is match, it? But, he doesn't really. He's, he's been injured for yeah. so long. And also, Tiago Silva is over. Like, his goose yeah. is cooked. Just like, whatever. That was a bad. That was a David Luiz esque signing. But he's played a fair amount under. T- Actually, no, he hasn't. Right. I, yeah. I don't know why. I, God, what it shows what I know about Chelsea. <laughs> I, it's just weird. I've not, like, somehow, like, I have barely had fantasy Chelsea players the entire season, even though they've been quite good. A lot yeah, of it. I right. Just, yeah. Right. Um, so a news of a training ground bust up between Rudiger and Kappa. Does that put you off the Chelsea defense? Are their next four fixtures too good to ignore? All right. So the next four fixtures are palace away. Pretty good. I'm quite good. I'd say Brighton, Brighton at home. Also pretty good. Although Brighton, uh, I thought they played with some real fire at home to Man United today. And I could see that same thing happening in the, uh, in that match, uh, West Ham away. I don't think that's a good fixture. And then Fulham at home, pretty good fixture. So mm-hmm. I don't think they're too good to ignore though. I'm planning to ignore them and I feel sort of okay <laughs> with that. Oh yeah. This is definitely a situation where we were talking about with Luke Shaw. If you have a Chelsea defensive asset, good to go. Good on you. Hold with pride. If you don't have Chelsea defense, what you learned, uh, in game week 30 was, relax you know there are there are yeah. plenty of fish in the sea now i'll sound yeah. like thomas tuchel like it's okay like yeah. you know if it's not chelsea it'll be another defender that will float totally. your boat yeah yeah it's I, a I, total I, trap <laughs> that people get into i mean i you know i posted my my team on social media as i as i am want to do like i mean it's a very standard practice right like here, here's here's i'm looking ahead into the game week and i, I must be like 12 people respond and be like i can't believe you're going in without chelsea defense and I was like, okay, like, but you know, I just don't think, I don't believe in like building a transfer policy around like whatever the hottest team is, you know, for a, a game. I just, you know, it just feels like that's like, you end up chasing points too much that way. I think, you know, like you sure. can't, yeah, you can't build a transfer on one, one fixture ever. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. And the, the, I think the thing to further say to that is just if I can't believe you're going into this week without Chelsea, think about what that means in terms of the points ceiling you're talking about. Gone are the days of Reese James and Chilwell just scoring goals and getting assists for fun. The Chelsea, the Tuchel Chelsea defense is built around the ceiling for these assets being six points. And that's kind of it. So if you feel like a Chelsea defender, Rudiger, as, as interesting as an FPL asset I think he is, is yeah. going to bury you in your mini league, it's just not going to happen. No. If there's a seamless, easy way to bring him in, cool, go for it. You could probably get a couple of clean sheets out of it, but yeah. this is not going to make or break your season. No, I, no, I mean, I think, um, yeah, it's, it's just a little too, like, I mean, it's too defensive, you know, as a, as a, as a move, like it's a, too much coverage, right? Like, yeah, don't be, don't be thinking defense down the stretcher. Think about the Danny Yang's types, right? Think about the people who could get 17 points in a game week. Like that's, that's where you want your brain to be when it comes to these, these final, you know, Diego Jota, I think falls in that category too. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, right. It seems like he's capable of scoring a brace. Like every time he's on the pitch right now, he's got to start over Farina, Right. I mean, I, I know they, they can do like a, what, like a four, two, three, one or something. Like there's like ways to, to work him in, but wouldn't you just straight up play him over Firmino? Play solid through the center? Sure. You know. would. Yeah, but, yeah. um, I think what we've learned from Jota at Liverpool is it kind of doesn't matter. He has had mm-hmm. some of his best FPL points returns in matches in which he's come off the bench. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what that kind of tells you is that yes, Klopp should start him. And also it kind of doesn't matter if he starts or not as far yeah. as him being valuable as an FPL asset. 
And just one final thing on the Chelsea defense. I mean, I, I just find it stressful. Tuchel to me is like a really, like he's like Pep taken to like a further extreme, right? Where it's like, it feels really unpredictable. Who's going to be, he's going to be rotated in their squad. And um, again, eight weeks left to go. I don't want to be bringing in players and I like not knowing whether they're going to start any given match. Right. It's just like, they're not at like that man city level where you're going to be getting, you know, yeah. I mean like even like someone like Diaz, like, okay, you're pretty, it isn't like necessarily like a scoring machine, but like he certainly, he certainly could. Right. I mean, they get plenty of set pieces. Like it's, you know, it's not Im- impossible. And, and he's done it once yeah. before <laughs> he's done it once before he's going to do I think he'll get at least one more this season. He certainly, I think, you know, it's, I mean, if John stones can score like four this season, <laughs> maybe Jones it's funny play. to watch Diaz on set pieces though. He is not Vincent company. Like he doesn't, no. he, he has incredible defensive instincts. Like to see him do a one-on-one defensive, like backward sprint is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. He, but to see him on a set piece, <laughs> he cannot attack yeah. to save his life. The sc- the goal he the one goal he scored was a really good goal like it was like a really you know wasn't like it was like a thirty yard Kevin De Bruyne across right that he yeah yeah and he know, he and but, John Stones are like yeah. running to the exact same spot yeah um, yeah yep. it's interesting we'll see yep. we'll see that would be an interesting bet to place uh, at your friendly <laughs> local uh, non competitive uh, betting broker exactly we 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 support or. Don't support any of them, Brandon. Whatever, whichever, whichever whichever one you want us to be. All right, (laughs) Um, all right. That has been that has been wild card talk. Uh, I hope it was helpful, Brandon. Let's take one final break. All right, Brandon. That has been the podcast. We have one final lightning round question. We're going to get our predictions on the record right now. Red Dagger says, "Who is getting relegated? Predictions now, please." Well, I don't see how Fulham bounce back from that match against Villa, which is going to be soul-destroying. So Fulham, it it has taken such an incredible amount of uh, graft and determination and everything uh, to get to the point where they could conceivably survive. And to collapse in the way that they did against Villa on top of the fact that this team is just littered with low knees who bless them, everyone apart from Ruben Loftus cheek has kind of done their part. Uh, they're going to be mentally and physically exhausted. I, I, I just don't see how they can take that kind of fight to Newcastle or even Brighton are probably going to be out of reach at some point. The fact that Newcastle have uh, Callum Wilson, coming back next week from injury. So we're told and St. Maximin is now fully healthy and came on and got minutes against Spurs. Newcastle just like is, is as silly as Steve Bruce is as, as bankrupt as Mike Ashley is. Newcastle will survive Fulham for best of their, their best intentions. They, they're just, they just don't have enough. And I think come game week 38, they, will be more than three points behind Newcastle. So I think what you've got here is Fulham, West Brom, and Sheffield United. The table is, as it stands, they're going down. All right, I'm going a little off the board here. I think uh, Leeds, Palace, and Southampton are the three that I'm picking, Brandon. That's uh, an to... incredible shout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's an incredible so, shout. Talk now. to me more about that. What, <laughs> what, you know, how are Leeds going to pull off the greatest plummet of all time? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I Sheffield United, I think West Brom could actually be a like a player now 
right? They have their five back of, of Fulham, but they've got a game in hand and just looking at their fixtures. Uh, let's see. Sorry, I have to pull them up here. So they play Southampton at home, Villa away, Wolves at home, Sheffield United at home. Um, I don't know. Like, I think that yeah. like there's some wins there. Five, you know? but five back from Fulham. Sure. But Fulham are in 18th place. That's still a relegation position. There's sure. seven behind <clears> Newcastle. <throat> That's true. I just don't think there's enough time for them. Yeah, I mean it's it's yeah you're right. I mean it's actually they're actually eight behind Newcastle. So yeah, it's 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 quite a lot. Um, yeah, I, I I'm not sure that I see it either. I think you know today you're right. I mean it was it was a four, basically a four point swing, right? Newcastle are losing, Fulham are winning. Uh, Newcastle get a point in Fulham drop uh, three mm-hmm. effectively, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. they were winning late. So yep. um, yeah, so I mean it's you know I'm not as you know you're a you know serious Fulham supporter, and so it's it may be a little harder for you to be objective. I still think that Fulham could pull it out. Like I think they defensively have looked very strong at times. I mean, they have to recapture some of that form. So that really strong defensive form they've shown in some of their away matches, right? Like a way to uh, Everton and Liverpool stand out. Um, you know, if they, if they could only play in Merseyside, Brandon, all their matches, then <laughs> yeah, it might right. be different. If they could only play at Anfield every week. Yeah. Um, we love Liverpool. But I think, um, I still think it's going to be a race. I think there's a really good chance that Fulham hosts Newcastle the last day of the season, uh, and then watch watch Callum Wilson score like a late equalizer to keep Newcastle up or something. But um, I, yeah, I mean, I think you know, yeah, this the Callum Wilson alone may be the difference. Like someone should have just bought Callum Wilson in these <laughs> bottom Like he costs like nothing. Yeah, and Newcastle did. It's like, yeah, I guess you're right. Newcastle did, right? Like, yeah, it's like they were the smart team. It's like they're, yeah. they're always the team that like cries poverty. And yet, like, yeah. they, they're the ones that have Callan Wilson and St. Maximum and and even, um, oh, geez, who's the MLS guy? I'm sorry. I'm Almiron. Almiron. Like, they have players who can actually score goals, They've right? They've got and some like, ballers, yeah. Yeah, and like, this is like, I know, I don't mean to be like totally, you know, whatever here but like three points counts more than one right and it's like <laughs> fulham have done a very good job cleaning themselves up and getting a number of draws over yeah. the last you know 20 weeks newcastle lose a ton of matches but they also win matches like yeah, they have right. these you know they just win more and i think that's really the the big difference yeah scotty parker's greatest success will be kind of erasing the season from history going from right. oh my god is it the new darby county Worst situation yeah to totally. oh good we'll just never talk about this season ever again so that's yeah. a that's a win for the club <laughs> totally i mean exactly they're in it with six i mean they're certainly in it with eight weeks to go yeah. so you know we'll see all right thank you to everyone for listening hope you enjoyed that little uh, relegation talk at the end there um one last time, if you want to become a Patreon supporter, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. We'd really appreciate it. Um, and you get an extra podcast this week and, and every week during the season. Um, and I noted this briefly in last week's podcast, but I'll just say it one last time. Uh, you know, in the month of June, for example, we're not currently planning to do any do any kind of you know podcasting. And during that month, we will not be charging any of our Patreon supporters. So um, just, to, you know, if you're like, well, I, I don't know if I want to pledge late because I don't want to get charged for the summer. Uh, when there's no content being created, we're not going to charge any patrons. Great. So and I will I will take your lead there and give a big thanks to our producer patrons, the highest tier, the most elite tier. <laughs> big thanks to Trevor Igerson, Mike DiPietro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T, the big gaffer, Bob Coon, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Forberg, Skogang, 
Paul Herzig, Kaya Christine Lelang, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markov, at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stew, Mikey Uwong, Bruce Kerr, Nicholas Fernadakis, Sam Shower, Will Husby, Rich Evans, Bobby Styles, the Future Media Group, FPL, Ben Sweeney, George Kinney, Shiv Morjaria, and Rom Frosk. Don't forget, subscribe to Always Cheating. Give us a rating and review. If you have five seconds, listen, it just doesn't take you that long. <laughs> Helps the podcast. Follow us all over social media. Visit us at our website for all this information and more. And that website is alwayscheating.com. Thanks, Brandon. See you next week. Poku forever. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.